Hi, and welcome to Not Another Bad Movie Podcast with me, Megan. This time, I have a fellow podcaster, uh, the host of Sophomore Lit, John McCoy. Hi, John. How are you? Hi, Megan. How are you? Good. I'm, uh, you know, up here in the frozen Northeast, and you're down there in the balmy state of uh, Florida, although I guess it's not too balmy right now. Yeah, we're like in the mid-60s, so it's still actually really lovely out, <laughs> not to rub that in. <laughs> well, uh, uh, of us, of the two of us, only one of us has recently been threatened by uh, Putin, so... Oh, yeah. I saw that video. That was uh, disconcerting, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> well, I, I hope nothing comes of it. Um, we're all we're all rooting for you in the rest of the country. Um, but uh, so so this is my first foray into uh, a bad movie podcast, and in spite of my familial uh, linkage to the the flop house, I've never. Well, I actually I appeared on the. Um, the talking cat uh podcast ah so you've been flop adjacent before yeah i have i have been flop adjacent before but this is this is my first extended foray into analyzing a bad movie well it's it's good to have you dabble in some trash for once yeah yeah so what was the movie we watched this time open house a netflix original oh. Yes. By by which I, I assume when they say an original, I, I assume it means that this was produced on a shoestring budget by the uh, by the writer director combo that that did this. And then they shopped it around and, and were able to sell it to Netflix when they realized they weren't going to get uh, actual theater distribution. distribution. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know that. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, here I am maligning the, the fine work of these people. Fine work indeed. <laughs> um, so now you, you, you chose this movie. Can you tell me what, what drew you to this movie to uh, as a suggestion? Uh, well, first I, I thought about Hallmark and Lifetime, uh, as they are my usual founts of, of these things. Um, but you had access to Netflix, so I thought I'll just Google Netflix originals because The Christmas Prince and um, the other movie that I watched and then immediately forgot uh, were pretty good in terms of badness. So it seemed like a good call to just go with an original movie that was available on Netflix. And, right. Uh, now to... Go ahead. Yeah, to... To pull back the curtain a little bit here, we've been experiencing some uh, technical dif difficulties in connecting uh, up to do this podcast. And in a previous uh, attempt at starting this podcast, I had mentioned I, I watched this while uh, donating platelets at my local Red Cross. Um, and there I was having technical dif difficulties as well. They couldn't get the Roku to work for the longest time. And so I was a little bit predisposed to be grumpy with this film. And when it finally started uh, working for me, oh boy, I, I was, I, I really felt trapped in that, uh, in that chair with the, the needles in my arm. <laughs> yeah, I think the only 
uh, way to hate this movie more is to be trapped in a chair with needles stuck in your arm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I hated it enough being perfectly comfy. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a very strange, strange film tonally. Um, I was, I would say, because uh, I, I, when it starts, it starts with the main character who's a teenager named Logan losing his father when he's run over in the parking lot of a convenience store and it's all played very seriously like it's going to be a serious family drama about dealing with loss and dealing with a time of economic hardship uh, and that confused me because I thought this was supposed to be a thriller horror film and I thought it was going to be like The Babadook in that it was going to be a film in which the horrific elements somehow explain the inner lives of these characters going through a period of trauma. But the as as the show goes on, that that part of the film with the, the father dying and the fallout uh, between the mother and the son arguing about the legacy of the father that's so completely divorced from the actual horror element of the story that i felt really frustrated and manipulated by the film i mean not that i was actually manipulated by the film i i, I didn't as the film went on i i cared less and less about the characters but i i thought that it was really pretty gross to start with uh, a, an actual bit of trauma and then move into uh their 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 crappy attempt at uh a horror film yeah i think i expected when they moved to uh the main character's aunt's house that perhaps uh either the the father's ghost and their unresolved problems was gonna be like haunting the house or that that was kind of what they were gonna assume that it was like haunted for some reason and then it turns out there's actual human beings trying to mess with them because <laughs> they want the house or because they're mad at the dad for having lost money in some business deal or something. Uh, and then it's just like, no, there's a crazy dude who just likes to torture <laughs> and kill people. It has nothing to do with anything. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> Okay, now you can all turn off the podcast and do something else. Um, no, yeah, I, 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 no, exactly. This is a, this is a weird film in that it keeps. There are so many points at, in this film where the camera moves over and lingers on something and sets it up as like we're establishing this as something important you need to know, and then it just goes away. It's like it it turns out to be completely irrelevant to to anything. You know, we we. We start with uh, Logan running uh, and and being timed by his dad. And and, and I want to just I want to say one thing here. I ran track when I was in high school, and five seven or five seven is is it's a fine time for a high school student. It's not a great time for a high school student. They, they, the father like clicks his watch and says, "This is Olympic," and I'm like. It, the, the 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 world record for the mile which is no longer an olympic event by the way the world record for the, the mile is well under four minutes at this point it's not you're, you're not going to get anywhere near the olympics with it with a time of five seven so 
it just bugged me a little bit that they start with the scene and and you think it's going to be like um jurassic park where we have to establish that uh that Jeff goldblum's daughter is a gymnast because eventually she's going to use her gymnastics to uh out outwit the velociraptors but no the running never really comes up in any meaningful way in the story yeah it it doesn't i i will say that like the first six minutes of this movie are like really efficient we establish that he has bad vision we establish that he's a runner we establish that the family's in debt we establish that the parents are hiding that from the kid and I think the dad dies within like the next two minutes. So the first eight minutes of the movie, like a lot happens and you're like, okay, right. This is better than, you know, how in lifetime movies, it takes like 20 or 30 minutes to establish just like the baseline of the movie. So I was on board initially. I had high hopes. Yeah. Well, the other two things about the opening sequence is there's a lot of shaky cam in the opening sequence, uh, which gets dropped once they get to the house. I think that, Maybe they got a different uh, director of photography at some point that just like forgot that the, that was the way they were doing this film or or maybe they just got tired of it. But the second thing is the father gets killed while they're playing the song uh, Rip Van Winkle by Shannon and the Clams. And how do we know this? We know this because the camera lingers on the uh, on the screen on the car explicitly saying this is a song by Shannon and the Clams called Rip Van Winkle and later in the film the the son will open up his laptop and play the same song and it comes up on his iTunes and again it's heavily featured and I just want to know what kind of deal Shannon and the Clams had with the producers for for this feature I don't know it must have been a pretty good one though (laughs) Because it gets played, like, I think twice by him as he's remembering his dad. Um, Right. It's kind of strange because you're not sure if he's trying to remember the good times with his dad or if he's kind of trying to sort through the trauma of that night and trying to re-experience it. Uh, But he he plays that song, I think, twice after the initial (laughs) time we hear it when the dad dies. And then, uh, spoiler for the end, uh, in order to disorient his victims the bad guy blares that song and you're like (laughs) oh okay so this guy is somehow involved with the death of the father and it's like no it's probably just what was available on the laptop it was the next thing on the playlist yeah probably didn't care what song it was he just wanted loud music whenever whenever a character plays a song in a movie it's i always think of that as a shorthand for the director wanting to give you some aspect of the character's personality um now this song is a kind of a trippy surf punk uh it's by an indie band from oakland and i was thinking to myself there's no way that logan was is going to listen to anything this cool he he's more uh, like a frat rock guy i would think yeah there's nothing really to indicate what he's like except for what he looks like which is totally bad <laughs> and the fact that he runs and the fact that he has contacts uh because we spend about 15 seconds on a shot of him removing his contact lenses yeah it's like foreshadowing this guy has bad vision there's going to be a point yeah. where he's going to be stumbling around not being able to see yeah and um 
so they they move into this house because they don't have the money to stay in the house that they were in after the father dies right and this is a house that is that is offered to them by the aunt uh or or the sister of the mother whose name is the mother's name is naomi and i just wanted to point out that the sister is wearing a very slinky black mini dress to her (laughs) the funeral i was like is she is she is she like out there like trying to make some sort of connection i don't know it was a it was like a it was like a cocktail style dress and uh and, and really high heels, too. I thought that was really odd. It was really odd, especially because initially I just thought she was some friend. And I was like, that is a really inappropriate dress. And she's being kind of <laughs> glib. And then later I realized, oh, that's her sister. That's way worse. <laughs> like, I wouldn't want that person as a friend, but that person's your sister. I yeah. thought it was like this really generous friend. And, and then when it, it turns out it was her sister, it's like, well, of course you should let her stay with you or at your other house. Like, she's your sister. You're just going to let her like live on the streets? Come on. <laughs> What's going on in that right. story? Right. So they move from some vague, it looks like some uh, suburb of Los Angeles up into the mountains, I guess. And they move into this huge McMansion that the sister owns and there's a lot of problems i have with this house because this house looks like it was built in the mid 90s probably yeah. or at, at at latest the late 80s it's it's like really a gross mcmansion uh with all the crappy like fake uh one one room has fake uh timbers in it to make it look like a log cabin one room has fake stones all over it the the foundation is all stone yeah, but it, it it it's not an old house and yet there's a lot of things where they try to play it up like a haunted house type thing the kid goes down into the basement and it's all dusty and disheveled and he he breaks a stair out he rots a stair out on the way up um and i was thinking like what kind of construction is this yeah i think they that built this on the cheap for sure if if stairs are just rotting out like that <laughs> it's also weird it was like it was a really large basement and i think perhaps some of it was like meant to be used as like a wine cellar or something and there's like this one hallway and it dead ends into like a bunch of like broken furniture and and rocks but he never yeah. like investigates that further so i don't know right is that the- where the bad guy was hiding behind all that stuff <laughs> I don't know, but they put it. They they do an orchestral sting when he comes around there, and and all along the way, as as the kid is investigating this basement, there's all these moments where we're trying to set things up. Like he sits there and he and he focuses the um, flashlight on the water heater for and 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 it, the camera lingers there, and it's like, okay, re- kids, remember this water heater. Uh, which, so which of course actually does yeah and and then and then it goes into this this as you say it's like it's like um a cask of amontillado down this into this hallway just like a hallway that f- has collapsed into rubble and and wood and stone and who knows what and you think it's going to be some sort of a haunted house story at that point but they never go back there ever again until the very end they don't yeah well he, he he walks down there but but nothing 
comes of it uh, other than well well we'll get to it when we get there yeah so the mom she takes showers at night and the she takes a lot of showers (laughs) did you notice how she's like scrubbing at her shoulders for like minutes at a time yeah yeah i don't know maybe she just carries a lot of tension in her shoulders she has a lot going on did you notice that the the, this film she becomes the the film becomes progressively more nude as it goes along that was weird it's It's the first time (laughs) we see her but because her son like jumps in to the uh bathroom not all the way to see her just to like ask hey have you seen my cell phone and she's like no and then he's like okay and he walks away um and you're like i mean i guess that wasn't so much fertilization you know whatever i don't care and then later you see side boob and you're like okay movie i don't know what you're doing anymore (laughs) (laughs) i'm not on board for it (laughs) no it, it, it 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 well as with a lot of things in this film it just makes you feel progressively more just disturbed about the 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 trials of the people involved in making this movie i don't know that this this was a pleasant experience for anyone involved (laughs) i can't imagine um so anyways every time she takes a shower the hot water runs out and so um (laughs) the son at first doesn't want her to go into the basement to light the pilot light because he heard a noise down there but he doesn't go down there with her so she just goes down alone, <laughs> soaking wet in a towel to do it herself. And it's all really done very slowly. And it's framed so that you expect something to, like, jump out on the other corner of the screen. And nothing does. Yeah. Now, I want to I focus in on this hot water heater for a little bit here. Because there's, like, there's, there's many things that bug me about this. this. This hot water heater becomes such a plot point. And the first time the mother says um, the hot water's gone out, it must be the heater. The son says, but that's in the basement. And I was thinking to myself, well, no, duh. I mean, where, where, <laughs> what kind of a house would not have the hot water heater in the basement? A house first that of all. doesn't have but a then, basement. This one does. <laughs> right. But, but then she goes down and she finds that the pilot light has gone out. She lights the pilot light and she goes back up and takes a shower. Now, this is not the way hot water heaters work. If a, 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 a boiler hot water heater, it fills up with water. You heat the entire bit of the, the entire boiler full of water and then you use it up and eventually it runs out and, and more water has to come and, and, and heat. And the, the pilot light is just there to light the gas as it ignites. If, it doesn't immediately shut off. I mean, the the water doesn't immediately go cold if the the uh, pilot light goes out. Nor does it immediately become hot if the pilot light is turned back on. It's you know it's it, and and it, it it just really bugged me. And then later in the in the movie, it's turns out that she says oh, she knows all about hot water heaters because her husband was a plumber. I'm like you know nothing about hot water heaters. Also, I mean, maybe she used to talk shop with him, but like just because you know a plumber or are married to a plumber, <laughs> it'd be like if I married a mechanical engineer and be like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Don't worry. <laughs> like, no, not gone to school for that. I have no experience with that. Yeah. 
well, this turning the, the 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 fact that the water turns ice cold immediately made me think, oh, this is going to actually be a ghost story. You know, all through the the first part of the mo- movie, you're trying to figure out what kind of a movie this is. You know, we've been we're being told that it's a horror film, but mostly because they keep playing scary music, you know, and they and they keep picking up the phone and saying hello, like there's some stranger on right. the end of the phone, but it turns out to be someone they know or whatever and and it's it's just constant cat scares you know the the scare of a cat jumping out that is nothing and there's actually no serious um threat to these two people until very late in the film when they come back and they find the house has been set up in this tableau uh, this creepy tableau and they're playing silent night uh, on over the stereo that's the first time that you actually say, well, they actually should be frightened and not only should they be frightened, but they should get the hell out of this house and go somewhere else now. There's a lot of things that get quote unquote misplaced. Like his glasses will not be there and then they will be there. Um, And then you get to hear him urinate in the middle of the night. So that's lovely. Um, (laughs) And like at one point the cereal gets moved and there's such, you know, swelling <laughs> music and, and slow mo- motion, motion. And there had been such, like, focus given to both times we saw milk. Like, when the dad tried to pick up milk from the convenience store and he ended up getting killed. And later when they bump into their neighbor at the convenience store and they're picking up milk. Oh, I was right. like, is the milk haunted? Is that why it moved? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, this is another one of those things that just dangled out there like it's important and then just forgotten when the when the writers get tired of this. And you mentioned the neighbor. There is a neighbor named Martha who they meet at the store when they first come up to the mountains. And her deal is she keeps telling different stories about whether she's still married or her husband's dead. And she shows up in the middle of the night seeming completely disoriented and upset and you figure uh, once again that there's going to be some supernatural reason for this or that she's going to be insane and therefore a threat but eventually it turns out that the the plumber who comes up to fix their hot water heater says oh she got she got alzheimer's a few months ago which is again not the way Alzheimer's works. You don't. It's not like a. You don't come down with it as a, as a like a like a uh, a flu or something. Nobody talks about Alzheimer's that way. <laughs> yeah, you would say like and, she. And I don't was diagnosed with Alzheimer's a couple months ago. Right. Because that's how it worked. You would be like, right. oh, she was kind of confused for a while. We didn't know why, but then it turned out it was Alzheimer's. That's why. Right. Or she started to become that's confused also... a couple months ago. <laughs> But again, it's it's also not the way the the kind of breaks she has uh, with with her present. This isn't the way Alzheimer works either. And and uh, you know I may be sensitive to this because I worked as a um, as an orderly when I was a teenager in a nursing home and I dealt with a lot of Alzheimer's patients. But I feel like if you're going to bring in something like Alzheimer's that probably a good 50 to 60 percent of the audience will have had some experience with someone in their family you 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 get it right you know yeah do at least cursory 
research on the matter if you're going to bring it up yeah but she's a good actress whoever that actress was she was in uh true blood i think oh yeah i don't i don't know that i've seen her in anything but she was good in this she was a you know like a a a character actress that gets to just come in and be a character and boy we needed that considering how (laughs) how flat everyone else was yeah um so the reason it's called open house is because the sister is trying to sell the house and is only letting them stay there until the house sells or until they get back on their feet, whichever happens first. And so every Sunday they have an open house where people come in and, and look at it and they're not allowed to be there while people are look looking at it. So they yeah. seem so surprised though. And, and it's like, you know that <laughs> there's an open house every Sunday. So why are you taking... Why are they so surprised? Right, there's a jump, there's a jump scare when one of the um, the assistant to the realtor is waking Logan up. Uh, Logan is having bad dreams or something or whatever. He's had a bad night, and then we are treated to him waking up to this assistant hovering over him, reaching out with his hands right into his eyes. I was thinking to myself, what is this? This is. Uh, this makes no sense whatsoever, you know, because then the, it's completely diffused by the realtor saying, you've got to get out of here. It's the open house today. But are we going to completely ignore the fact that her assistant was creepily hanging over him and sticking his hand in Logan's face? Yeah, I thought, OK, this is the bad dude or the guy that we're going to assume is the bad dude until the real bad dude shows up. And he's in it like twice. He's in it to be creepy with the boy to get him up so that they can leave for the open house. And then he's creepy at the end because he was like, oh, yeah, I haven't locked up yet. Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, now I'm leaving. Bye. (laughs) And that's their whole interaction. And I'm like, oh, that guy's going to figure in prominently later when we realize he's up to no good. And he's letting people do stuff to the house. This never bears out in any way. Yeah. And and that that scene that you just mentioned where he's saying I'm locking up and he leaves the that's where we get the the most unintentionally funny scene in the in the movie where Logan turns to his mom and says, "Did you ever stop to think how weird open houses are?" It's like it's supposed to be like this great insight about the whole the whole film. This is the key to the whole film is that there's something existentially off about open houses and and his his statement is people come in that you don't know who they are they do things in your house you don't know who they are i was thinking to myself you know i've been to open houses they aren't you know the most exciting things but yeah i put down in my notes all the terror of real estate (laughs) (laughs) and 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 when the real estate agent is um doing that thing that you're supposed to do with houses which is bake cookies and put them out so that people feel like they're home when they come to the to see the house they, they're playing that creepy music underneath it you know again there's this some sort of uh library uh, of of uh, royalty free music that they've they've purchased that you know they're trying their best to make you be terrified of these cookies but it's not working yeah even the way it's lit is like oh this is intrusive this whole situation of open houses but like no it's not it's just 
a way to get people into your house and hopefully they want to buy it from you. That's that's all it is. <laughs> it's not like they're alone. The right. realtor is there and and then they leave. It's it's pretty straightforward. It's nothing creepy about it at yeah, all. Yeah, and in this in this first open house, we are actually introduced to the eventual killer um in that we see this gentleman walk into the house we only get to see him from his calves down to his these black shoes and again there's this orchestral sting like we're supposed to find these black uh you know working shoes absolutely terrifying you know they're so practical and so understated but uh there's the but uh we, we we're we're cued by the camera that to take notice of this guy's shoes and that doesn't pay off until the last 10 minutes of the film maybe i I don't know like now that you're saying this i'm like oh he's one of the people that did come to the open house but right I i think the implication is he came to the house and he did stay in the house and somewhere in the basement and play around with the the water heater because that was his that was his fetish i guess and moving around cereal and cell phones and glasses he's kind of like yeah. a borrower but big and then eventually evil <laughs> and that's the major tonal shift of this movie so they have that weird tableau where they are set up to eat dinner and there's three candlesticks and they're blue and it's like oh i wonder what all the significance of that is but i mean there's been nothing to indicate that it is significant um they get the police to come over the police say oh it's probably just kids we can come tomorrow whatever and the kid uh logan says to his mom that they should stay in a hotel which yes you should um but they don't (laughs) and he calls the shopkeeper Chris who they've shown twice in this movie he's been kind of flirtatious with Naomi the mom and at first uh, Logan wasn't into it uh, because he didn't want to see his mom flirting with somebody new so recently after his dad died whatever and um, now he's calling him because he doesn't know what else to do because he can't convince his mom to leave so um chris sleeps on the couch and they all go to bed and does logan i guess logan and the mom are sleeping in the same bed and then logan gets up in the night is that how it starts something like that he 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 comes he comes down and he finds chris not on the couch right and then right is this where is this when we have the big reveal of like when things actually start to go crazy and then he goes outside and he goes outside and finds chris stabbed to death in the car uh and is he's immediately has his head logan immediately has his head cracked into the side uh the, the passenger side window by the killer who again we get to see his black shoes. We don't get to see anything else about the killer. This is this is something that happened before, though, because um, when the plumber came in, 
the camera made a, a, a real point of not showing us his face uh, for for a whole sequence. And you think, oh, it's going to be the plumber's going right. to be the bad guy. And then in the next scene, he just shows up and like, no big Chatting deal. Away. Here's the actor who plays Chatting away. So we keep ha- we're, we're so used to all these strange misdirections. We're so used to uh, this this whole situation being some manifestation of Logan's trauma because we keep having nightmares and flashes flashbacks to the uh the, the car a- accident and then suddenly out of nowhere dope here's this guy and he's he's he has just smashed uh Logan's head into the car and he goes in and uh brutalizes Naomi now for the next 5 minutes yeah and that was really surprising to me because I thought I was thinking more of lifetime kind of style thriller I didn't think it would be particularly violent he like breaks each of her fingers and then leaves her a knife to cut herself free after he like um, ties her up to kind of taunt her and that was actually really disturbing I definitely yeah it was it was it was completely unearned by the film at that point you know i i i um i i I, it just made me sad for everyone involved it felt like they were trying really hard really late in the film to get a rise out of the audience and it was really slow and disturbing and especially since it's turning out that this killer has no relationship no relationship either to Naomi or Logan or the dead father, but he's turned out to just be some weird drifter who came in with the open house. Um, it, it feels like there's, there's no point to any of this at this point. Yeah. Cause I was still waiting for a proper reveal. Um, at, at first when, uh, <laughs> you, you must've been waiting for a long I, time. Yeah. So he he had thrown water over Logan, who was in uh, pajamas. And it's, uh, I guess, December because there's Christmas music playing a couple of times. Uh, so it's cold. And I guess he's hoping the kid dies of hypothermia. Um, yeah. At first I thought it was like gasoline and he was going to like light him up or something. But um, then Logan comes to and starts... Uh, walking in here's his mom sees what's happened to her uh goes downstairs the phone line's been cut tries to get his cell phone the sim card's been removed goes to get the other phone sim card also removed and then he starts running away from the bad guy and he can't even use his proper running because he's all like frozen this is when i kept yelling at logan like take off your shirt like it's wet (laughs) you're gonna (laughs) continue to be cold what's wrong with you yeah, and then he gets the idea of going back down to the basement, which seems like a terrible idea at this point. Like, I don't know what he expects to find down there. Yeah, what um, did but, motivate But we get him... Him. Nothing motivated that. We get to go through the same... downstairs and that's why he did it? Maybe. But, but we get the same painfully slow... Flashlight landing on everything in turn in the basement. Um, 
by the way, they, they, they pass a place where the, the, the foundation seems to be leaking. And that really disturbed me as a homeowner. I was thinking <laughs> they really need to have that scene because, you know, a bad foundation, your whole house is going to go. So, um, so, so <laughs> the, he comes around tacky. to, it's too big. The foundation's yeah, yeah. crumbling. It's not a good idea. Yeah. Answer. Yeah. He comes, he comes to the place we mentioned before, like where we we think there's going to be some payoff finally for this, uh, this collapsed corridor. Right. Like in we're going to see basement. like this tiny apartment this man has set up in their basement or something. We don't. <laughs> but no, what we have is Naomi jumps out of the side of the can, the, the, the frame and yells Logan as loud as she can, throws herself on him, and and he has a knife in his hand. I, 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 I feel like this is pretty much on on Naomi at this point. I, I mean, I think I think Naomi may have though? just. I thought the bad guy like threw her at him, but then I don't know. Did he? I don't. I I because I don't believe that because the next thing that happens is is logan runs upstairs and he confronts the bad guy at the door to the house oh you're right and there is only one bad so maybe i think i don't know i mean if 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 the implication is supposed to be that this bad guy is some sort of super killer like a jason or a, a michael myers we never get that we get the idea that this guy is just some schlub who goes around looking for open houses. Where was she tied up? Was she tied up originally in the basement? Is that why she was in the no, basement? No, she was tied up upstairs. Then why is she in the basement? I don't know. Nothing makes sense in this film. <laughs> so the bad guy, as Logan's running around trying to call, he yeah. takes the mom downstairs into the basement and then... <laughs> Is like giving her directions. Make sure you yell as loud as you can. I'm gonna need Logan to come down here. Great, and then goes back upstairs. I don't know, but 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 after after poor Naomi gets knifed and Logan is running up in shock to the the front door, the the bad guy uh, knocks him back onto the floor and pins him to the ground. Now, <laughs> again, I'm gonna I'm gonna go extra textual here and say. He, he he appears to be using what uh, what people call in in Brazilian jiu-jitsu the, the the mount position which is where you 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 straddle on either side and you, if you can do it correctly you can pin the person's arms in place but there's nothing about this that makes any sense to me because he reaches down with his right hand and puts it over uh, Logan's mouth and then he he slowly and deliberately pulls Logan's contacts out, which I, I suppose we're supposed to find horrifying. I suppose it, all of us who wear glasses or contacts that I think the, the, the director or writer must have a phobia of this themselves. Um, it's it's <laughs> actually touching my eyes. Gross. <laughs> but but it, it's so improbable as an action. And it's, it's so improbable. I find it difficult to remove my own contacts. Right. That takes a good deal of concentration. And if we, if even, even frozen as Logan is, he is supposedly a runner in his teens. I, I, I don't think that 
an unarmed guy who appears to be uh, either in his 30s or his 40s is going to be able to successfully pin him in place without Logan fighting back even even blinded I mean I don't I don't know it also just felt incredibly unnecessary wouldn't he have taken his contacts out before bed (laughs) it's the middle of the night why is it even yeah I don't know And we could have just like gone into his point of view at different points just to reestablish this guy really can't see and then I'd be like okay fine right but it's like supposed to be this oh he almost saw his attacker but now he can't see his attacker and isn't that bad and it's like well Logan gets killed so it really doesn't matter either way yeah (laughs) yeah because nothing about the killer's methodology makes sense if he if he really is wanting to inflict as much terror and agony on these people as he can i feel like he's he's gone about it in a really awkward and meandering way and that isn't working if he if his if his thrill is just killing these people i don't know why he's wasting his time taking out logan's contacts um I don't know. I think he likes cat and mouse. Like, yeah, you can have your cell phone, but it doesn't have SIM cards. Yeah, you can have a knife to cut yourself out, but your all your fingers are broken. So he's just trying to taunt them the whole time. I guess. But I guess this would all be more terrifying if we had any indication of the of of who this killer is at all. Uh, like Logan. Yeah, it's like he escaped from another movie and jumped into this one. <laughs> Who's this guy? Yeah, I think I think again by the end of this film we're supposed to think, oh, this guy is just a psychopath and his because because there's this implication at the end of the film that he's off to find the next open house. The 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 idea is that this guy is a psychopath whose uh, methods involve you know scanning the newspaper for current house listings and and. Get, wreaking havoc but uh, i don't know i mean i I don't know anything about this guy i have not been able to see his face either and i i don't uh, yeah i just the whole thing left me feeling just uh sorry (laughs) (laughs) it left you feeling uh, you know i this this is a weird this is a weird thing for me to say because I have, you know, I, I, I enjoy horror films and I have, I, I have watched extremely violent films or films in which we, we deal with existential issues of, uh, just sort of, you know, I, I mentioned the Babadook when we, we, we started this, that's a film that is a very tough film in some ways. It's a, it's emotionally draining and you become extremely invested in the uh, situation of these people in addition to the horror, the supernatural horror of this film. Or a film like uh, It Follows has characters that you can't help but feel uh, sympathy for even as they are horribly killed and brutalized. Um, you know, I feel like I, I end up watching this film and I've just seen a woman tied up and having her fingers broken one by one. And I feel like I, it has illuminated absolutely nothing about the human condition, 
nor has it particularly entertained me. <laughs> that would be a great review. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a woman's fingers get broken. It did not illuminate the human condition, nor was I entertained. One star. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sorry. Maybe yeah. you liked this film. Why don't you? What was your opinion? Um, I guess we can go to the stars and uh, milk cartons. Should we do milk cartons for goofiness? <laughs> oh. I always have like a random object from the film I th- to be the one out of five. Th- that that milk, they they kept they kept focusing in on it. I I mean I I suppose as you said, it's supposed to be a symbol of the father's death or absence or whatever that you know it, it was the random th- item he was trying to get when he was run over but um or maybe secretly logan is lactose intolerant (laughs) you know we there were a couple other things i have to say about that because that that first time when the father gets killed it's not just some guy pulling in and and not seeing him in the dark there's a squeal of tires and the car seems to accelerate into him like it's an intentional act and right and later, as the mother and son are headed towards the new house, they pass a shadowy figure on the road. And I, I suppose that's supposed to be the killer, or it might not be. Who the hell knows? It's the, the, there's these these the, the questions you have is was this all a plan from the beginning? Has this guy just been picking them off, uh, starting with the, the dad, or or what's going on here? But, um, but you know, then then you feel frustrated that you're spending too much time thinking about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. By the I, way, this I was, was this, so frustrated at the end. The film was written and directed. I, I, I looking at if you look at on on IMDb, you can find out that the film was written and directed by Matt Angel and Suzanne Coote. And what's interesting to me about that is that they both play characters in the. Um, in the movie, they the Suzanne plays a waitress at the diner that they go to, and Matt a- Angel plays the cop when that comes to the house, and that doesn't even make sense to me because if you're like a writer director, why aren't you if if you've gotten the production money to do this, why aren't they uh, featuring themselves in the in the in the main roles? I think even as a vanity pro- project, this doesn't work. <laughs> It's like your egos should be bigger or you should be self-aware enough to write something better. What are you doing? Sorry, uh, we're, we're going to your rating system. Could you please explain your rating system to me as a first timer on this podcast? Sure. There are two rating systems. The first is how good is it? And that's in stars, one to five. And then there's how hilarious is the ineptitude of the movie and that's one to five uh jester hats for uh the april fool's day movie that i watched um axes for the movie where someone murders someone else with an axe uh it's whatever you want it to be so i was thinking milk cartons this time around that's good well how good it is i mean technically it's okay i mean it's a it's it shows what can be done if you get your hands on a digital camera and one of your producers has a big house up in the mountains 
Um, I'm sure this was, you know, this was probably done on a budget of a couple million if, or less. Um, I, so, and, and it looks okay. Um, but it is, I think in the end, it's kind of reprehensible. I feel like, uh, I don't want to be, a, a, a stodgy old guy or, you know, the kind of guy who shakes his fist at violence in movies or whatever. But I felt like I don't, none of this added up to anything. I didn't, I didn't care about the characters and yet I didn't want to see them being killed. So I'll give yeah. it uh, well, one and a half. One and a half stars. Maybe, maybe one, but I, uh, you know, but, but, but they, but it did look, it did look fine. And I, it did make me think that I needed to go check my own water heater. So um, from a homeowner's <laughs> perspective, it, and that know, foundation and that foundation make sure your foundation is yeah, well well we we did fix fix a foundation a, a crack in our foundation oh, a few years ago so, this was personal so i know all about this is this is very personal i was thinking the minute i saw <laughs> that water leaking through dude that's not you're not also you're not going to sell the house you got you have yeah. people walk through there when there's obviously liquid dripping down in the basement that's not going to work yeah and did they fix that step because I feel like they didn't. And if you're having people like walking around, that's a liability issue. That's insane. Yeah, they never mentioned that step. That, that step never shows up again. So I feel like at one point someone almost falls because of it. Uh, who, who can say? I don't, I don't remember anymore. Um, what, so did you find any goofy joy in this? You, you, you liked one thing. I, I mentioned, right? yeah, I mentioned <laughs> the the, the how funny it was for me when the when Logan sa- tries to wax poetic on the strangeness of open houses because it really feels like the writers at that point want us to also like, oh man, I never thought of it that way. You know, mind blown. Um, <laughs> yeah, they took off early that day. Right. They're like, nah, I I did good today. <laughs> And and, and this did make me go look up Shannon and the Clams on YouTube, and I kind of like them, so I, I guess I, I owe well, that. There you to go. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> and how about you? What do you what what do what do you think? I guess like I'll give it like two and a half stars. It looked pretty nice. Yeah. And. The acting wasn't terrible, um, but yeah, the story wasn't there. It was, I kept wanting things to connect to each other or something to matter, and nothing ever does. Nothing ever connects to anything else. And maybe that's kind of the point of the movie. Like, life is a random, <laughs> like, cruel <laughs> world. So just deal. <laughs> Which I guess, sure. Um, in terms of goofiness, I I did enjoy that scene where they're trying to make, you know, real estate seem really scary, and then like the menacing cookies and all that. Um, I also like when Martha is talking to them in their car, and they just want to be left alone. They don't care about this woman, yeah. and she's like, "Death, it's like it moves in and never leaves." And she pauses, and she's like, "Bye bye now." <laughs> Yeah, I, I I would I would watch a film about Martha, definitely. 
Uh, you know, yeah, the, or you, she just says something horrible and then is super nice and bubbly and then just leaves and you're like, oh, that was really disorienting. What? You mentioned uh, that the, the acting was okay. I, I, I do think that the mom, Naomi, uh, was played by someone named Piercy Dalton. And I was look, trying to look and see if I'd seen her in anything else. Uh, she's apparently a Canadian actress. Uh, I felt like she probably did as best she could with this material i wish i wish she hadn't had to be naked for no reason is one of the things i always feel like you know i i can watch nudity in films if 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 the film is about people having sexual relationships and that's important to the figure film i felt like she just had to get naked in this film for because the producers wanted it and i felt really bad for her for that yeah it was kind of jarring because <laughs> it was like i don't know i don't know if i'm meant to be titillated or shocked or just like oh she's taking a shower but it just seemed completely unnecessary right and then she gets her fingers broken yeah <laughs> in a scene that lasts really long and it was like, ooh, it's sort of creepy, sort of psychological. And then it's like, no, we're just going to go straight horror here, and I'm just going to break her fingers, and it's going to be really loud and really disgusting. <laughs> and I was like, oh, gosh, why? <sighs> uh, so, yeah, just because it looked pretty and I thought the acting was, was pretty okay, I'll give it, like, two. But in terms of goofiness, there's only, like, two or three things that are goofy that we mentioned already and so i don't know maybe half a milk carton <laughs> a spoiled milk carton yeah <laughs> yeah i i wish i wish we could uh report that this was worth a watch just for the laughs but the laughs are far and uh, few and far between they're they're just not there yeah, just watch The Christmas Prince again. <laughs> That's what you should do with your time. Don't watch this movie. Uh, well, is there anything uh, you'd like to plug or talk about? No, that's okay. You already gave you already mentioned Sophomore Lit. That's fine. <laughs> well, where can people find Sophomore Lit? Oh, yeah. Sophomore Lit, you can find. Um, it's, it's part of the Incomparable Network. Just plug sophomore lit into a search engine and you'll come up with any of the various places it comes out on itunes and other feeds well well megan thanks thanks for having me i had a i had a good time talking with you a much better time than i had watching this movie yeah <laughs> if only because you don't have needles in you at the moment <laughs> well thanks for yeah. coming on i really appreciate it sure Thanks for listening to another episode of Not Another Bad Movie Podcast. Uh, if you want to throw us a dime, you can search for us on Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. If you want to interact with us on Facebook, we have a page there. Just search for us there. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at N-A-B-M Podcast. See you next month. Bye.